217 Recovery Podcast, 23rd November 2019. What's up? Hello. Ryan Beckman. And we appreciate you listening to our recovery podcast. We talk about things in recovery, life in recovery. I have a little over 11 months over. Ryan has a little over eight. And we're doing our thing, man. We don't tell you what to do or how to do it. We give advice, kind of some stuff that worked for us, some stuff that hasn't worked for us. And we just kind of break down how our day and things that happened in our day went and how we acted and maybe sometimes maybe even reacted to the situations. And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about commitments. And I'm not talking about like relationship commitments. This is like the first time we're probably not going to talk about relationships. <laughs> maybe we can at the end. I don't know. But no, um, when you Cause, say... Because neither of us are in one. We know better. Don't be jealous. <laughs> but for us, though, commitments, and I can say for myself... Obligations. Yeah. When I was in active addiction, when I was drinking all the time, I would try not to make them. You know, just for the fact that I knew... I wouldn't follow through. Now, when I was working in Dallas and Arkansas, I mean, I would show up to work smelling like beer and tell me I'd smell like a brewery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I still wasn't being true to myself, but it was what they would call a functioning alcoholic. But other than outside of work, something that's scheduled that I could drink around, count me out, man. I'm not going to commit to playing in a softball game. I'm not going to commit to help you move anything I, i'm not going to because that's that's my drinking time work time drink time and now as we're in early recovery it's important to do what you say you're going to do mm-hmm. and i was talking to a guy um mh we'll call him and i was telling him that i was going to do something and that would mean me only getting I think four and a half, five hours of sleep to make sure that I was there to, to do what I said. And then I, I, he looked at me like, okay, you're not going to be there. You know, I, I've heard people tell me this before and they let me down. <laughs> I could just see that look in his face. Like he was looking at me and I'm like, no, I was like, I'm, if I say I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here and I'm going to do it. And he just kind of looked at me like, okay, then and I swear look, look in his face was like, I'm just giving this guy a sweatshirt, you know, like about the <laughs> same size. So. <laughs> yep, he's just going to steal my sweatshirt, and I'll never see him again. But I did it. I did. I made him a 217 recovery shirt. He gave me – I didn't make him the shirt, but he gave me the shirt. I put a logo on it, and I brought it up to him. So, you know, I hope that showed him that, yeah, you know, people in recovery, you know. And I told him that night, too, the importance of when you say you're going to do something, you need to follow through, you need to do it. And I hope he learned that through doing that that I do what I say I'm going to do you know and I, for myself I'll give you a chance to minute, right okay. so I'm on one here son but <laughs> but it also it, the sense of pride that I felt that yeah I did that and the dopamine that that creates which we learned about that mm-hmm. when you accomplish things and when you do when you do something that you say you're going to do, you accomplish it. So, you know, it actually gives you dopamine. It makes you feel good. It gives you self-worth. 
and for everybody else that were like, oh, man, he got that, you know, he got his shirt, and he was happy as hell. You know, he was excited to get it. So, yep. anyway, that's that's my little spiel on commitment. Bringing joy to the world. Obligations, yes. Do what I can when I can do it. No, I was going to say, I like seeing statistics where people in recovery actually pay their bills more on time and they uh, do more community service and stuff too, but uh, even more than people who are sober or, or, you know, don't have ever had an addiction problem. And obviously the worst people in addiction never, you know, like 2% of them ever pay what they're they're supposed to when they're supposed to yeah it's yeah that's no it's very important for us to you know realize when we say we're going to do it just go ahead and do it when i was in active addiction i think i would overcommit myself you know i'd have like these big lofty you know i'll help you do this i'll help you do that and then you know just never make it there ended up getting too drunk miss it or family would want to go out to dinner i'd miss a few of those yeah i'll be there start drinking yeah nah forget about it and if you're currently in active addiction or maybe you used to be or maybe a family or a friend family member or a friend is you you know it you you know those people maybe you are mm-hmm. that person where you do show up and they're like, oh, he showed up this time, you know, and that that hurts more than what you think it does, but it only hurts ourselves, you know, like those people not counting on us or, oh, yeah, he said he was going to be here. It's yeah, not going to be here. And Look what the cut dragged in. Yeah, they, yeah, make those kind of um, analogies, I guess, or references, and it, do, it really doesn't feel good, which being in the mindset of an addict we we just well then i just won't do it at all you know that then i'll just that's where i think i think then i can just isolate after that that just Mm -hmm. that would just give me the green light to say you know what guess what and when i do make it i don't really want to listen to this especially if it's a family function yeah and you know you're not there It, it does it hurts a little bit so I used to drink even more, and that's why, you know, around holidays, and they say, you know, around holidays, it's a real tough time mm-hmm. for addicts, and I never bought it until last year, about this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I think I was, I don't know, three, four months sober. No, maybe not even that long. But the 30th is when it all went down, man. So that anniversary is coming up. And it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm where I'm supposed to be, man. It feels comfortable. It feels good. Day after Thanksgiving, I was in the hospital. Yeah, not good. On oxygen, getting Narcan. Yeah, almost died. I could have died. They kept me alive. Yeah, it is. It's amazing how far we can progress and how far we can go way beyond what we thought we'd be capable of, you know, cause 
if I were to meet you in that hospital, if I was just walking by, I was like, oh, hey, let me talk to you real quick, man. You're going to be living in a sober house, you know, co-manager. You're going to be working at a treatment center. You're going to be doing an awesome podcast. <laughs> You'd have been like, the f- get out of here. Get, somebody am hit, I still high? Somebody, <laughs> somebody hit this guy with a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and Sober him up. If you had told me that, if you would have came in when I was handcuffed to the hospital bed, that was more like, like the, hospital bed. That was around like the 14th or 15th of December that time, I think. The cops just said, take his blood, we'll be back. <laughs> they laughed me, I didn't get arrested then. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the fun jail treatment that time. <laughs> oh, later, that, the next week I got... My, I got got to go to jail. Probation caught up with me. Yeah, but up north though, that was up north, right? Yeah, they just put you in a cow field, right, with like some electric wire, mm-hmm. electric fence. Go in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> I just we should go to each other's jails. <laughs> oh, they do got they got one up there. They call well if it's like the low security or whatever, low risk people. Mm-hmm. And it's called the farm. It was an old farm. Mm-hmm. See, I wasn't too far off. <laughs> no, you weren't that far off. <laughs> <laughs> but then they did send me out there because I had a work pass. Till my new charge came in. Once mm-hmm. the blood work came in, then I got picked up the possession charge and. And I go, you're not going to work today. What? Fuck. <laughs> Jail wasn't so bad when I was getting out every day, you know. Leave at 7 in the morning and come back at Leave the farm. like 5 or 6. <laughs> to have to come back to the farm. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a apartment to me. <laughs> Man, they the jail I was in, Berrien County, they had a pod in there it was called the warrior pod Mm-mm. like you walk in there someone's gonna punch you in the face that's they just fight and i've never heard the n-word so many times <laughs> when i was in there man uh, i fit right in last time i was in jail they had a i don't know they're just kind of a rowdy bunch that i was with but they play cards and whoever lost They'd line them up against the wall, and everybody, you no, know, get to fast pitch of uh, soap at the guy. Oh my God, they get hit in the head. His <laughs> welts on their back, and uh, they're why, pretty, huh? Why would you play cards then? These guys weren't really the most brilliant bunch, I guess. Again, yeah, I forgot it was up north. <laughs> in the UP. <laughs> <sighs> oh, your market family friends they would torture each other most of the day like and then if there's guys that didn't have much some guys got more commissary like or whatever they would just like put a put a beating on them oh, you want this king <laughs> wow yeah did you ever see any sex in there no no sex yeah I didn't either yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm. I didn't really do much time. I only did like a couple weeks, I think, total. Half of it was by myself in a room. It only gave me 12 little squares of one-ply toilet paper. Observation. The bubble. Yeah. Not fun. 
shit stains on the wall, blood stains everywhere. Mm-hmm. Real fun time. I'm like, um, if the health department comes in here, <laughs> they're like, shut up. Here's your 12 squares. Here's your 12 squares. I lost a lot of weight in there, though, because I just kept giving bologna sandwiches because they didn't give me any of my meds. Mm-hmm. And I have ulcer or something. I don't know. So I get real bad acid reflux. So I knew if I ate anything, it would just hurt. So the hunger pain was a lot better. So I'd just take the whole bag and flush the whole thing down the toilet. Bloosh. <laughs> Loudest toilets you'll ever hear. Mm. In the county jail. But. Yeah. But yeah. Got to do what you say you're going to do. And then that means knowing what you're committing to as well. Like you said, sometimes you overcommitted. It's okay to say no to people, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's fine. And you you don't have to feel bad about it. People can guilt trip you, but if you really cannot do it or don't find it in your day where it's going to fit in, or if it's something you just don't want to do, say no. I'm sorry, I can't do that for you, or I can't help you with that, or no, I can't be there. It's a lot better than saying yeah, yeah, and then just not showing up. Yeah, or calling. Oh, sorry, I can't make it. It's just all about organizing and having a schedule too, you know, where you can fit, where you start figuring out what, what, where, when, yeah. and make sure you do it all. Mm-hmm. You say you're going to be there at two, be there at two, mm-hmm. be there five minutes till whatever. If you're running late, say, Hey, run a little late, but just stick to your word and you'll start to feel better as I feel better. When I when I do stick to my word, and sometimes people will ask me, and hey, well, you want to do this? You want to do that? I'm like, eh, mm. not sure, you know. But I never commit to it. I never say, yeah, you know. Hey, we'll we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling later. <laughs> but it's better than going, yeah, let's do that, and then I'm out doing something I don't want to do, and then eventually it'll turn into a no if I really don't want to do it. Well, I think you know me well enough to where. If I give you the, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I think you, you know, and most people who know, yeah. <laughs> they, they, I know they when know. you're like, yeah, Corey, I'm not going to ask you That's just not going to happen. So we'll just go totally around that situation. <laughs> or you'll just like, won't answer. <laughs> like that. <laughs> you just like start talking about something else. <laughs> I'm pretty good at it, man. <laughs> All right, that's well. <laughs> a skill. <laughs> Total deflect. <laughs> so I guess it's a no. <laughs> it happens. But hey, uh, had a guy. Uh, I was gonna say his name, uh, but it, he hit us up and wants a wants a shirt. I was pretty excited about that, and then I was like, man, I don't know. So he's like, how much? I was like, I don't know. You know, and then I tried to do math and stuff like that, and that hurt my brain. So, I don't know. I just told him, I think I told him 20 bucks for a T-shirt, like a long sleeve, I think. But, yeah, people dig our shirts, and we got hats and stuff, too. And we don't really have a marketplace for them. I got to take down our shop on our website because, obviously, we're done with that. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool that, that people want the 217 recovery gear, and we have a pretty cool apparel logo i guess we'll call yeah. it uh i like it a lot you got a nice apparel line yeah and ryan has underwear that he'll uh <laughs> he'll make for you 
pretty much anything. Uh, we got some cups today or mugs. We got coffee mugs. We're going to give those a try tomorrow. Of course, we just got our sweatshop set up. and It's going well, man. I got a little heat press, and we can just do it right here. But we got hats, too. So if you're thinking about a hat, we're going to give that a try. We'll probably try that before the mugs. But, yeah, if you're interested in 217 gear, just, you know, hit us up, and we'll hook you up what we can. Yeah, give us color, you know. If you, you know, white t-shirt, black t-shirt, gray t-shirt, whatever, long sleeve, short sleeve, and what color logo, I guess. Kind of boxer briefs or tidy whiteies or Give us a short description. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and it, it'll probably be, because I'm going to get something like that eventually set up, and it's not that hard, but I just don't know when I'm going to have time. Mm-hmm. To actually set that up on the website to where we'll make it a lot easier for you, where you can just go buy it and not have to worry about emailing us because we know that's an inconvenience and that's a that's a pain. But we do appreciate the support though, and the fact that you can see that we're we're doing good things and we're helping ourselves and trying to be as open and honest as we can be with this podcast to kind of say, hey, look, people in early recovery. We can do things, too. We don't have to have five years sober. We don't have to have ten years sober. We can just be sober today and we just keep doing it, man, and having fun and putting in, I, don't, I hate saying work, but doing the things that we need to do each day to make sure when we come home we go to bed sober. That way we can wake up sober the next day and do it all over again. That's what it's about. And in early recovery more than, well, I've been told more than, anything else is the most crucial. They say that first year is the most crucial. And if you can retrain your brain to think differently about situations, about life and not run from problems and actually face them. And sometimes you don't get the results that you want. Sometimes you don't get everything that you thought you needed, but you get more than what you needed when you realize that you've just faced the situation. And then you learn how to deal with life for us, it's hard. It really is, you know, but... Life on life's terms. Yeah, but it, it's so much better than the life we were living. We were talking mm. with a guy tonight about, you know, some stuff that went down in my life, and I'm just so glad. I mean, you guys were kind of laughing a little bit, but I'm just so glad that I don't have to do that anymore, and I found something in recovery that gives me a passion and something I can be proud of and something that I can do to keep me from wanting to to drink yeah it's a slow miserable death basically it really is miserable horrible death you ain't got no time for that when I live once I was talking to a guy tonight too and he was telling me that his drug of choice was meth and the crazy stuff that he would do and he said he would take, he would go into town to get his drugs, and he said he would hide back in the woods. He'd just go back in the woods. And I was like, like, oh, to your like house? He was like, no, just to the woods. I was like, and like your camper? He's like, no, just in the woods. <laughs> I was like, now, I don't know how long you've been sober, but you seem to be in kind of a right mind right now. Doesn't that sound the craziest thing ever to you right now, that you would choose 
going into town, grabbing your drugs, and just going into the woods for weeks instead of going home and being with your children. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's insane, and I don't want to go back to that. He makes you do some crazy things. He's like, it, it took what it took to get me here, and I'm I'm tired. And he's like, when I make my mind up, I can do things. But when you get caught up in that, you know, meth is a tough one. It really is. And, I mean, any addiction's tough, really. But the way that you feel when you're on meth, man, you, you don't, you feel great, you know. But let's think about the ingredients of that. You know, like, that's even pretty crazy that you would think, oh, yeah, let's put all this together and mm, that's going to be good for me. No, you know it's bad for you. But you feel so amazing and, you, oh, it's great. Until you start seeing things and hearing things and being so paranoid and running from your shadow. Then it's not so great. It's it's not. And that's what happens because it's mm-hmm. poison chemicals that you're putting in your body, man. It puts you in psychosis. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, it, meth psychosis is real. Like Then people just lost reality and not even in reality, you know, hearing and seeing all kinds of things that aren't there. I wonder if it's that whole, well, that just happens to other people. And then being up for days, I mean, you naturally are getting that way. Your brain's just getting deprived of all its things it needs. But do you think that's that could be it though? That well, that just that's other people. Because you've seen, yeah, I know you've seen them before. Those before and after pictures of people on meth, like, oh, look at this pretty girl. Oh, it's horrible. Five years later, oh my god, like that's her? No way. It's horrible. I've. I had an ex that I went to jail for two months and we broke up. And when I got out, I didn't even recognize her. I introduced myself when I first seen her. Like, hey, I'm Ryan. She's like, yeah, I know. Like, what? What? Yeah, that transforming, you know, like lost like 45 50 pounds and she was only like 140 pounds to start with you know what i mean so yeah then just dropped to you know fucking like 95 pounds like oh but it it has to be that because if you would have shown her a picture like if you just set the drugs down so here you go and here's a picture of you and here's what you're gonna look like and this this is gonna happen to you she probably would like, I'm good on that. But I think there's something in there where you're just like, in, your, in our brains where we're like, no, that's not going to happen to me because I'm just going to do it this once. or I'm, This is only the third time I'm doing it. And I, I'm not going to be like those other people. And, mm-hmm. and before you know it, in the whirlwind, man, you just swept up. And that's, what, that's the only thing you're thinking about. And I need to feel like that again. And you know how time flies, man. Yeah. Days become couple, weeks, weeks become months. months, and yeah. just everything. You're neglecting everything, and then usually you're doing bad things. You run out of money, so you do other things that are sometimes unthinkable to, into people that you would think you would never do things to. Stealing from, you know, lying to. If you watch a lot of movies or TV, murdering people, you know, it's crazy what people will do in addiction and it's not them it's it's the drug it's the addiction 
and you can get help for it. I don't think anybody's too far gone. Well, maybe some people, but if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're not, or maybe you're in recovery too. And that that's cool. But you know what I'm talking about? You know, there is hope for people, you know, like the friend of mine from back home, it's, she's in a horrible relationship. We talked about it last week, the week before. And, and this dude's just a piece of trash, man. Like, but she's so far into it and so far gone. I think it, it's hard for her to, to even see a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't even, she just is in the dark and sucked in, is give, given up pretty much from what I've heard. And, and that's terrible because now her kids are probably going to grow up without a mother if she keeps going down the path she's going because there's only three ways out, man. Mm-hmm. Jails, institutions, and death. death. And nothing I can do for her. No, you have to come to a decision and then align your will with it. It's really how, you know, succeed in recovery. You know, everybody's like, okay, you know, well, step one, detox, get some tools, go to rehab. But you have to make the decision. Then you have to start aligning your will with it. We can do whatever we want. You just have to be willing to do it. If you ain't got the will to want to do it, then you ain't going to do it. It's not something you can just put a little partial effort into it or when you feel like it for a long time it's a daily you know we got to think about it every day and some people think they're too good for it too i think or they just they think they got it licked or they don't need it they're not oh i'm not like all them other addicts (laughs) well yeah you are yeah you are there's a garden variety just keep going back. And I wonder if that's like a false pride thing because when I went to California to the rehab, I I don't need this what these guys are trying. I I don't need I'm not as bad as them. Even though deep down I knew I was, but I wanted to put on that fake facade and we got people we know people I mean, they're like, Oh, I still own a house and I got this car, I got mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That'll keep you in the game for a while. Yeah. But they're just lying to themselves and they're just material things anyway. Yeah. You, you will lose them. I figure, you know, keep, keep going with what you're doing. You will lose them or you're going to be so unhappy and so miserable. You're going to do something unthinkable. So it, it gets to the point where you just got to, like you said, man, man up and you have to be willing to put in the work. And I really hate calling it work, but I guess I guess that's what it is. I don't know. I just don't like work. I don't like that word. <laughs> you got to put in like the effort. Job. I mean, yeah. You have and, to consciously work or, you know, work on yourself. It's work on yourself. It's mm-hmm. not, you know. It, one of the best decisions I've made was to come to Sober Living. If I didn't come to Sober Living. None of this would be happening. 16 different guys. At first, you know, when to Nathan's house, it. I, man, I didn't want to be there, and I, but it was the best decision I ever made because, you know, I went with this, the stats of like 72 or 78%. You have 78% chance of staying sober the first year if you go for 90 days to sober living. And I think that's where a lot of people trip up because they're like, man, I don't want to go live 12 dues and man, that's me. I got a house and a car. I got bills. I got a job. Again, that that's cool, but... It, most of the time does not end well. 
And mm-hmm. we see those people. You'll throw it all away in the end. Like myself, back to rehab again. You mm-hmm. know, and then back to and then mental ward. And then back to rehab. Because when I was willing to let go of the material things, it actually felt good. Like, okay, well, I had to do a short sell on my house. Pretty much give it back to the bank. There you go. Sorry that cost you thirty grand, bank. But, <laughs> you know, and same thing with the car, you know, the Chrysler 300. Man, I loved it, man. It was my it was my jam. And when I called the bank and said, come get it, it, it was just a relief. Gosh. It was just a car. My yeah. sister still loved me. My nephew still loved me. My parents still loved me. I mean, it was just a stupid car. You know, it, it was a, it's a pride thing, I think. So I think when people do meth or continue to drink and do whatever drugs, that whole, it's not going to happen to me is part of the pride part of our brain, wherever mm-hmm. that lies, front brain, mid, whatever it is, it's, it's a pride Central. thing. And maybe that's something that you have to learn the hard way. Maybe that's something that you have to go through. And I hear people say it all the time. I say it all the time. Well, they just have to go through it themselves well i'm gonna move to florida with this boy and it's gonna work out we're gonna be the only (laughs) success story ever in rehab okay see you in a month you know like yeah i don't say that but it's like okay well good luck i mean because there's nothing i can say to them you know like people have to make up their own mind then a month later it's like oh well you know, and well, yeah, that didn't really work out. You no, know, maybe it will work out, but you know, it it's all about you in recovery, and that's what people sometimes have a hard time figuring out the whole codependency thing. About it's easier to latch on to somebody else because then they say cut your problems in half. And my mom told me one time <laughs> that me and my ex Katrina were a bad match because we were both in recovery. And I was like, no, no, we're perfect in recovery. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out. But no. she's like, no, you're like two towers, you know, and you're not even leaning right, you know, like if your guys aren't straight, standing up straight, you know, like it's just going to fall down. I'm like, no, mom, they're leaning on each other. We're holding each other up. <laughs> and she just looked at me, I'm like, you idiot. But no, to me, it made sense. I made it make sense, you know, <laughs> so stupid. She's saving me and I'm saving her. Yeah, but, you know, there's nothing she could have told me, man. Like, I had to experience it on my own. Yeah. You do. You definitely do. So, I mean, you just got to think about that, too. and little trial and error in there. Yeah. But, you got to be willing to make sacrifices, mm-hmm. you know? Do the things you don't want to do sometimes. Let go of some things that aren't good for you. Remember the sacrifices is... Some friends, you know, some significant others, mm-hmm. and be willing to do this journey on your own. You know, you go to groups or meetings, uh, ask for advice, but it's just advice, and you have to put the wheels in motion. Gotta be able, to, willing to take it. A lot of people. I don't know, maybe if it's just the way they sell it or whatever. Like, they tell you, don't get in a relationship for the first year. Right. And it's like, this MF-er ain't going to tell me what to do. 
I mean, look at him. No wonder he can keep a guy. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> this jerk can't <laughs> have a good relationship. Oh, shocker. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but it's, it is probably how it's said, you know? Yeah. Don't think about pink elephants. Okay. Well, you failed. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, don't get a relationship when they're beating that over your head. Mm-hmm. It should be worded different to where it's like it takes out the don't think and it focuses more on the do. Mm-hmm. Here's what you do. You get yourself right. You fix yourself. You find worth in yourself. And then you find a woman who's worthy of you. You know, or vice versa. You know, if you're a woman, you know, get yourself right and then find the worth man worthy of you. Because that, that's really what it's about. Figuring out who you are and what you need. Mm-hmm. And I hope Chris listens to this podcast because I think that's something that could he benefit. struggles with? Not struggles with, but it could benefit him because I don't think he knows his worth. And not saying that the women, Chris is... But he's, Chris just likes women. Chris, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, he likes attention. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. So do yeah. I. So do you. Yeah. We love attention. But at the same time, you got to know when to give it back mm-hmm. you know and when it's healthy when it's not healthy because it can get not healthy real quick and like i said we can justify it no it's like this mom we're holding each other up. <laughs> look did you see her booty in those jeans mom <laughs> <laughs> you know like you didn't see her when i looked down the hallway and she was bent over that couch anyway i didn't just <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Just kidding, I forgot about it. You're so that. good for me. Yeah. You don't even know her. Yeah, she doesn't cook or anything. Doesn't do anything. But you know what, Mom? I love her. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah, we all make our mistakes. And I guess that's our point tonight. You know, stick to your commitments and, and stay true to what you think is right. And you have to go through it on your own sometimes. You know, you might be in a relationship right now and just think, well, you're kind of right, but nope, I'm right because it's not going to happen to me, Corey. Yeah, Ryan, you're stupid. It's not going to happen to me. Show me a picture in five months. I'll show you. I work out, bro. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Not not if you're in addiction. I mean, you could, but not on some stuff. No. You just end up giving up on it. I mean. Yeah. But. It feels good today, though. I felt great. Start losing your priorities. Just like going out to dinner with your family or any other obligation, you know, working out is an obligation and commitment, and you just start lacking on all of them. And somebody who's not in addiction probably... Well, I mean, I, and personally, I think everybody's addicted to something, but somebody who... Okay, say, for instance, Christmas is over at Grandma's at noon, Christmas Day. All right, we're going over there at noon on Christmas Day. But for somebody like us, that's a huge thing. You know, if we show up at noon on Christmas, that's a pretty big deal. You know, but for <laughs> most people, you know, like I said, that not in drug addiction or whatever, could just think, yeah, we're going over there at noon. We'll be there at noon. Like, what's the big deal? But for us, it's like, yeah, man, I showed up. It's at noon. I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm here. Look at me. <laughs> I used to get a little hungover and looking for a drink, <laughs> but I'm here. No, even, I mean, like, in early recovery, like, when you yeah. start 
making those appointments and showing up half hour early because you want to hang out with grandma before everybody else gets there. Everybody notices it and you start getting praised, you know, and people are proud of you when you start changing and doing these things. And that makes you feel good too. It does. It's, It's all about you, man. It's all about, well, for me, it's all about me, but (laughs) <laughs> that's all I can do I'm the coolest dude in, in this room in my head that half of the room yeah <laughs> but you are you're, it's in your head you're the coolest guy in the room you know like or the most important person in the room you know because if you don't take care of yourself and you're not going to be good to anybody and I'm sure you've heard that before but just regurgitating it for your brain because they say repetition is how we learn so that in books <laughs> <laughs> Internet now. Learn everything on a screen nowadays. Yeah. Books? You open books? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I'm a business management book. <laughs> For my class. But Anyway, you want some shirts, hit us up. We have like 75 hours of podcasts for you to listen to. So if this wasn't enough for you, go back and listen to some of the older podcasts. And like we mentioned the other day, like, if you got a few months in, we'll go back, go back to April, listen to some of our podcasts, and you'll hear an earlier, younger Corey, mm-hmm. a younger Ryan from a couple months ago. And that kinda, guy's all right, too. Yeah, and see what we were He's going He's pretty important. <laughs> listen to, I can't remember what we titled it, but your first one that you did was the Meet the Visor Guy or Corey Finds a Visor Guy, or I don't remember what Dang it was. It. But yeah, listen to Ryan's Wild first goal. podcast. Yeah. Probably and, in June. You'll see how far he's come and how far I've come and how far 217 recoveries come and the things that we've done. You know, and One block at a time. Yeah, and you can do it too. You can do whatever you want. Just stay sober, man. Do it for yourself. And everybody else will notice. And they'll appreciate it. And you'll actually become a happier person. Not 24-7. No. It's impossible. But you'll feel a sense of purpose and gain that pride back that real pride not the pride of material things like yeah it's cool we got a sweatshop in here but that's not why i do it you know i don't i don't do it to go tell the whole neighbors or a lot of it's donations for the less fortunate Mm -hmm. too with what we do now and they love it man i tried to like figure it out we've quite i quite a few donations we've done <laughs> yeah. i'm just like maybe. don't worry uncle sam's gonna see that <laughs> on the 217 tax return let's just say about 500 in the last couple of weeks <laughs> between the two of us and her yeah probably a little more yeah the probation officer's like we're well, gonna pay those fines winfield <laughs> <laughs> well, well we just, do these <laughs> donations count <laughs> no yeah because you've got a job you can pay us. We well, want money. They're going it's a business, to people Winfield. in need. We are a business. It <laughs> might say Barrington County on the thing, but no. We're a business. And they are. Look it up. But anyway, um, that's pretty much all I got, Ryan. If you got something else, you're over there yawning on me. Mm, be kind to those you love. And love those ones who love are kind thyself. to you. Not all of them, though. Thyself. Love. All right, that's all I got, man. Me too. 
All right. Well, until tomorrow night when we talk about jealousy. Turn, turn. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, we might talk about something else. The something ugly else. head of jealousy. Yeah. Have a good day. Good luck in your fantasy football. And oh, yeah. Sunday. Have a happy Sunday tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you later. See you. Bye-bye. Oh,